listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Inclusive AF podcast. <laughs> I'm Katie Van Horn. And this oh, is Jackie Clayton. <laughs> I want a little bit more. That was kind of pitchy. That was I kind know, of right? I'm gonna need I need to- auto-tune. Can I get <laughs> We're gonna get auto tune for the opening of the show. <laughs> I think we need it. I think we need it. Um, so super excited. We have one of our friends here today. So always, we always. Well, I guess everyone is. And we of- might be candid today, unlike yeah. other shows. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that, like we might be more open. No, it just always is. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna have some fun, I think. So uh, Tara, thank you for joining us. Would love thank for you, you to for introduce having me. <laughs> I, st- I almost started singing the real world true story. Yes, I love that. This <laughs> is the start getting story. real. Or start being real. Um, Stop I'm- being polite. Okay, but start getting out. real. Every time that I, I hear that, then I go to the Chappelle show, the <laughs> when things got too real. Do you remember that? I've been watching right. the reunions, so I'm so sorry, but I'm like into it now. Okay. Anyway. Hi, I'm Tara Turkanes. I'm the VP of DEI and talent at Leaf Group. We own a collection of lifestyle brands, Society6, Well and Good, Livestrong, Saatchi Art, etc., etc., etc. Happy to be here. Yay! Yay! See, it's Tara. See, listen. I know every time I do it every time. So we have obviously Tara Robertson <laughs> is on. She's been on a few times and she yeah. had to correct us in the first episode because uh Jackie and I both were calling her Tara. And yeah. so you, you have the Canadian version as well with Tara. I do. I do. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. yeah. I, I did grow up in Michigan, that. so maybe I don't know. Close. Yes. Close. Maybe, yeah, maybe you have a little bit of the uh French Canadian going on there. Double yeah. A. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Welcome to the mini bin, eh? Um, okay. So we're I don't here. even know where to start. <laughs> we're here. Let's let's start with work human. And that's mostly just because I think that was that was the first time you two met in real life too, because it was the first time I met you in real life. Correct. We yeah, we connected um well before that. Yeah. But in person, yeah, IRL. IRL human. I mean, like a lot of people, IRL after what so many years but love work human but yes that's where we connected and i attached myself to the two of you and you were very gracious yeah. about me just leaving <laughs> your sides love it thank you thank you so much uh, we do, that's part of work human though we just like we just find cool people to hang out with or like yeah. see people that we only get to see like once every few years or yeah. at work human you know right. so yeah um all right so talk to us what are you working on right now? What do you got going on with Leaf? What's going on? <sighs> Sanity? Uh, no. So um, <laughs> we are uh, doing a lot. Actually, we um, one of our um, DEI sort of uh, initiatives is a, um, a training called Escalara that we were the early parts of. It's a micro learning platform that we joined a year ago and now we're just kind of starting to see some of the demographic information which has been really helpful to kind of see where our gaps are i mean like many people we've also taken a bit of the summer off so we are getting back in tune with latin a history month very soon um but we've done you know some incredible things i have 
three ERGs this year because we believe them to be, you know, started by our people and not HR. And so having three really kind of proves that there's an appetite for this, especially in the pandemic. And um, our Parents at Leaf group is our, our latest one. They've been super active, really community supportive. Um, we've got a DEI council where we're working on our quarterly meetup. It's just mostly knowledge share, like really community building. We have so many different brands because we own mixture of media and marketplace brands. And so people, I think the biggest question about DEI is like, how do I do it? Like what? <laughs> great you could like read study get your certificates have a degree and then you go okay so where do i start and so i think a lot of that is about community touch base and so we've really built that at leaf group so i'm happy to really kind of see a lot of that into fruition and then we're also gearing up for our engagement survey very soon which is my favorite time of year it's not my favorite i was gonna well, how many surveys do you do we only do during the pandemic one. we only did one a year like before that we were doing two but like the whole idea was y'all we don't just tax people like honestly that's right keep asking them stuff are we going to do anything about it like it's really kind of very purposeful which i do appreciate so i love it because it's once a year and we use culture amp which i'm i i'm obsessed with and so um yeah so i i love that time of year for me, I didn't love it before when we had another platform, which I love culture amp. I mean, I, what I hate is like, it's not even hate is not the word, right? It is when you sit there and say, okay, how many questions are we going to ask? Yeah. How many go into what category? Yeah. How many are going to be like, do we do multiple choice? Fill in the box. That yeah. part is painful for me. The oh, results, yeah, yeah. Data love. Yeah. The planning, it's like, so we keep been... kind of apples to apples, generally speaking. So we don't de deviate much away from the original plan. It's just like a couple of new questions every time. But starting from scratch, I probably would know. Absolutely not. So I, I'll I'll tell you what though, it is really cool when you are on the putting it together end. Yeah, be able to know what lever it actually ties to, and that's yes. what I love about Caltramp too. Is like if we ask this question, we're going to know X. Yeah. Yeah, like how like how that all works, like yeah. just the, the psychology behind it also makes me like I get excited about that, too. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the data always the, data. There hasn't been one time with Culture Amp that I haven't been like, oh, correct. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Because I think before with the other platform to be not named, I was like, first, I need a degree to upload my data, which <laughs> not for. and I think the FBI needs to get involved at some point. I'm not sure. And then like you get a like just screenshots like there's no presence. I was like, what am I supposed to do? It, lo it looks like raw data, like great. If you go to school for this, guess what? I have a theater degree. This is not right. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Nope. 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 <laughs> I, mean, I will say that we shouldn't turn this into a like culture and culture amp commercial, but we will right now because I think that's the part I love too is the way you can slice and dice the data. Yes. Like you'd be like in Singapore and all for all of right. the this specific group and this specific right. department under this specific manager, and you're like, I know what's so going I, on. And I'm here. also not good at deck building, and so therefore. <laughs> <laughs> um, they give you one they're like yeah. here here's your deck and you're like great oh i can actually edit the date in the deck wow okay. yeah yeah well you know you brought up something that 
is important um, about like when you get the data or things being actionable and looking yeah. at how many times mm -hmm. you do that. So what is your regular, do you have a regular plan of what you do? Like, okay, we have the data. This is how we're going to use it, break it out. Do you let people know? I'd love to hear more about, because so many people are like, what do we do? Yeah. Well, I'd love, love to hear more about it. Yeah, I love it because, um, so we are a lean team, so that's why I have engagement underneath me too, of course, but I think it makes sense if you think about like DEI and talent, things like that. But um, so we do a high level deck for the whole company and we do like, we share like, here's our engagement, here are the different brands and departments and these things. So you can kind of see measurement quarter over quarter or year over year, whatever makes sense. And then we do articulate some high level action items. And then we meet with leaders and we go, okay, this is what your team looks like. Let's talk about what your two goals are looking at this. Like, how do you, you know, want to interpret this? We, um, you know, I love that the comments are, um, confidential for us. And so therefore we can share comments with certain leader, like all the comments with certain leaders so that they can see context as well for their different departments. But I do love the transparency for leaders to understand like what their people are feeling, especially like in a remote environment, right? Like I just think across the board, so many organizations struggle with remote managing, no matter what your level is. And we have struggled to connect, right? To our people, like, we hired 200 people during the pandemic. Like I can't, you know, if you think about that, like touch points and like all of these different things, what, you know, not in person, what are we doing to kind of make up for that in a way? And so I think hearing those voices is really helpful for leaders. I do, I agree with you. And I think like pulling all that information so people can see and be actionable. I like that you said, yeah. What are the two things that you're going right. to do? Because this is on top of everything else. Correct. It's you know, right. so like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question. Do, so yeah. the two things, is that by team or at what level do you start setting that two action item or that action plan? And, and I'm asking on purpose, so. Okay, great. So since we own multiple brands, since we are technically a parent company, each of the leaders of those brands and whoever they also think like their number two is, we have a meeting with them. People team is in, in involved as well and say like, now that you see this data, like what kind of things and also, you know, culture Am gives you some suggestions. They may not take those suggestions and that's fine. Um, we do, we have had at times overall leaf group two things too, right? Like maybe there's a pattern where managers, you know, are not communicating things top down across the board. So like, how can we best support them from a corporate perspective? But a lot of times it is very specific to that, that brand that we own and that team that they're working on and like specific managers and leaders kind of seeing their direct reports and what that looks like. So we look for patterns, which I think is really important. I, it is important and it's just, it's nice. It's so nice. We've transitioned over the last five years and it's really nice when it's like, you want to have the data. People want to have the insight. Mm -hmm. They want to have that, that piece. Um, because I, I was talking to my team and I'd love to hear a lot of things that really depend on where diversity sits in yeah. every organization. It can be different. Um, and, uh, the biggest question is what, you know, for practitioners are like, where do I start? But then when you're looking and you do your research in my um, experience, I'm like, 
there's always a mole somewhere. Always. Always. <laughs> um, sometimes it could be your wife. I'm just saying. Um, or partner. I just threw it, throwing that out there. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> in every organization, there's uh, when you first start, when people aren't being held accountable, redacted. <laughs> there is, yeah, name redacted. When you're not holding people accountable. You yeah. don't know why are we having such a problem retaining yes. black women, and you're yeah. like, where is it? And everybody's like, I don't, not me. Correct. It's not me. You not know? it. Correct. But I, I would also say, I think that's you know the action behind it. But as you just said, Jackie, also the accountability behind it. Right. I think this is something that I, for years in different organizations that I was in, we would do the survey and then it'd be like, cool, thanks. Yeah. No action was taken. And I'm like, that's worse than like, why are we even doing this? And like, you're actually disengaging people now. That's and I right. Yeah. Like, Don't do a survey unless you plan on actually doing something about what you hear. And, and so many organizations, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and this and this and have a fancy survey. And you're like, cool. But the survey doesn't matter. It's the right. data you get from it and what you do about it. That's what right. actually matters yeah. for you, everybody. So we, like, we definitely like we drive up like so the leaders know you better emphasize participation for your teams because you know what you benefit from that this is not like a people team function where it's like do their survey no 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 like you this is for you and so i think we transparently we have struggled in the past with the accountability piece and doing a process that makes sense not necessarily not doing anything but like what's gonna land what really works and what sticks and how can we facilitate that so that has been a good journey to like a good journey to learn because I think each leader is also different and we're like hey remember these two things like how's that going maybe you're doing a check-in um are you using your internal comms person if you have one and saying like as seen in the engagement survey <laughs> you all feel like you like you know pepsi over coke whatever like how are you tying the things that you're doing back to the effort that they put in to give you the data in the first place i think is one way to like really see some level of movement and people forget that all the time they just want to go into like action mode okay well now i've you know moved my daily stand up to 11 so people don't have to now <laughs> feel like you know they're you know not waking up in time or whatever it's more like you know, I've heard you, I read your data, let's talk about what we can do in collaboration. I think, you know, you don't have to have all the answers as a leader all the time. Maybe you go back to your teams and go like, what do you think of this? Like, we do expect our leaders to review this with their teams directly, not to like pinpoint and be like, who is the mole? Um, but who like, you know, what, what do you think about this? How can we solve some of these problems together? Like, I just think that that's a really important piece of the process itself. Yeah, I think you you said two things there that are such huge pieces. The, you know, when you actually have the leaders go meet with their teams. Yeah. How many times and and I've been in the room when this has happened and you're like, I'm not saying a word. Yeah. Where the banker will come and be like, "Oh, so I don't know who said this." Right. But, and you're like, "Uh, <laughs> That is not how we start things off. That's not right. how we're doing right. it. Or like, or you'll hear back from the manager and they'll be like, I think it was so-and-so that said this. And it's like, yeah. who cares? Like that, that's yeah. not the that My favorite is when they're like, this is not true. And you're like, oh, oh, yes. oh okay. Yes. So somebody's okay. not understanding this. You just call yeah. somebody on your team a liar. This is right. not going to go over. Well. Right. Or right. The, but the second piece, there's also the we're listening. 
Because mm -hmm. I think that's that even like we hear this like with reviews with so many things. I never got feedback from my leader, and you're like, okay, you actually have to say. I'm going to give you feedback now. Are mm -hmm. you ready? Like that's how it actually registers. If you don't tell them you're doing it, they don't know. Mm -hmm. It's also you gave us this feedback in the survey. Here we we heard you yeah. are listening, and here's what we're doing about it. And you have to say like those exact words. Yeah, people exact don't remember words. what they said. Yeah, they don't right. remember. Oh yeah, on that survey, I said that thing, and now yeah. they're doing something about it. They are changing to Coke in the cafe. <laughs> I said I like Coke better. That's right. Yeah. Because nobody really likes Pepsi. Let's be clear. Coke I love Pepsi. I had I a feeling you were going to say that. I just feel it. I had a feeling you were going to say We actually yes. had that question in our survey. Is like since the last engagement survey, you've seen some movement in your team. And and yes. we only make it apply to the person, like people who have actually been there. Mm -hmm. um, I won't say it's the strongest score that we have, but you know what? It's there. I want people to like see it, you know. Right. Well, and you need people to know. And and let's be clear, I like a good Pepsi, fountain Pepsi when I'm hungover. Right. Oh perfect. Burrito. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's Coke. But I mean, you know, yeah. I digress. Mm -hmm. Um, back to the survey. So I agree with you wholeheartedly because I think that's a piece too, is like asking people, do you think we did stuff? Yeah. Because uh, and Call Tramp does that question. I think it's such a great question to ask because yeah people need to act, go oh wait did we i did give feedback did they do something about it and that's right. great so yep yep keep asking um, keep, keep asking on, keep on keep keeping asking. on because that's also how you get more feedback so yes all right. um next topic i would like to discuss so you said this is your favorite time of year is the survey not annual review process The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. No, surprisingly. Oh my God, Toad, that's my favorite. What? I, can't, I, can't, I, just, I was born weird. I don't know what to tell you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. no, so survey's good, but I do feel like there's the same, like it's communication. Yeah. One wants more communication to understand what's going on mm -hmm. and more pay, benefits yeah. pay always come yep. up. Those are the two that like, every survey i've ever looked at in the 20 plus years i've been in hr communication and like pay and benefits have always popped yep is telling but right right um our so our reviews are not annual so they're quarterly check-ins which is a little more helpful for sure but again i don't think deviates from the same themes right so Everybody, you know, I don't know. It's just so hard because everyone thinks like they know um, competitive salaries out there. Like they did their research right. on Glassdoor. Please stop. <laughs> they think that they should be paid this because they saw on Glassdoor this. And so like, that's a really challenging, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I want to, I, I want to like go fund a like think tank for you know people who work so they can actually get real data and not like 
Google stuff and, you know, talk to go to Reddit and believe everything they read. I don't know. It's just so hard, right? People just want more information. And like, there's not a lot of places that are valid for them to get it. Like, well, even the people that get the data from the places that collect data, it's not all the data. No, it's very specific. Like they can literally talk to five people and they'll just put the average. Like you don't know how many people or all. Yeah. The, I mean, they do have that if you want it, but you, yeah. you don't. You and don't. so it's like, yeah. how do you analyze? I think what's interesting, at, like this happens all the time. Like we're working with, with IT and especially we're all looking for engineers and they'll yeah. be like, well, this person, you know, is currently earning this. And I'm like, the salary was posted. I know they work at Hulu, ABC, yeah. Netflix, Disney, whatever. We are not those right people. Like, right. look around. <laughs> this is not that. And it doesn't mean that you wouldn't be paid that at a different organization right. or in different pieces. Or that's why pay transparency is so important. So that Correct. people, because people who do apply have already, they already understand they already where know. we're coming from. Yeah. They try to do the traditional things and we don't do that. They find out we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a current employee, I think it's really good too, because you understand where you fall, fall instead of just sort of being like, I saw on the internet, my job pays this at other places. And I think I should be paid that too. It's like, like you said, there's like so many missing pieces of what that really means, you know? And then I'm not the right person because I'll be like, go work there. <laughs> That's not the right answer. It's why I moved over fully to TA. <laughs> you should not, listen, I will help you. I will do a reference. What yeah, can I do? That's right. <laughs> like, but I, I'm going to say, how many times have you actually done that? Because I've done that for sure. When someone's like, oh, but I could make 300 gazillion dollars over at XYZ company. You're like, cool. You don't want to work there. Yeah. And one of them is always the one that gets boxes sent to me on a daily basis, but we won't mention the name of the company. But yeah, no, it's true. We, um, when we had a board, cause we got acquired by Graham Holdings last year, but when we had our board, um, my mentor, Beverly Carmichael, who was like the chief people officer at Southwest for many years, uh, spoke to our whole company about like, the grass is sometimes super greener over there. And if, before you leave, you want to make sure you've done everything you possibly can to like water the lawn that you're at, because sometimes it makes sense to leave, but sometimes it actually does not and so i think more people need to kind of talk about that because there are people you know all of our think pieces are the great blank great something happening every week so i don't know what this week is i think it's we can't hear you jackie oh sorry i was like what was it last week it was like uh, re reconsideration re yeah it was something renegotiation reconsideration like there's great R things happening all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I like the the great get out. That's my favorite. The great what get about out. The great quietly quitting. Have you? Oh, that's like, please stop. I can't listen. My mom used to tell me, you know what? Some days you need a day off at work. Right. Is that what quietly quitting? It feels like, like, please stop. But we don't. Sorry, so I'm many <laughs> terms that I think that are coming up. And I think this is a good conversation, though, that is about your 
Like, I don't know about you, but I'm near burned out. Like it, it, ha like it happened for sure. It happens on and off, especially the past two years, especially all that we've all gone through, especially if you're in DEI or people teams or HR teams, whatever. But what I have, what I saw, I think on someone's TikTok was like, the manager said, are you, um, they were like, I, I don't have enough work. I feel like I'm not contributing enough. And they were like, do you not have enough work or are you working at the level that you're supposed to and right. an overachiever? Right. And I think perhaps many of us have been doing 200% when possibly 75 would have been just fine. Right. Just fine. And so now we feel a little bit stressed or guilty. I don't know what it is, but I think it's a really interesting perspective right now. This, and it's not quitting really. So I don't know why we're calling it. No, and it's not new. That's why I'm like, you're acting like this is a brand new concept. This right. has been going on forever. Right. But I do think, and I, I particularly identify with um, when you are used to following somebody's lead, like looking to figure out the company culture and how do people yeah. interact and do all those things, then you are home by yourself there can be a fear. And I, I've noticed even after onboarding, I was talking to a gentleman here at Textio and um, it was after the performance management feedback came out and a lot of us were triggered. A lot of people from underrepresented groups were triggered because it was like, like I knew this was real, but seeing it in print really has me feeling some kind of way. And he, his response to me was like, I, I love it at Textio, but I'm terrified because my boss says I'm doing a good job and I'm fine, but I don't believe them. And so I work twice as hard because I don't want it to seem like I'm taking advantage of the opportunity and I don't know what to do. Like right. these are new conversations that we're having. Once you start being more inclusive and especially when people treat you right, feels yeah. weird. Yeah. Like it always feels like a trick as we work and navigate through it. And so what was funny was it was the next week they were doing like their quarterly awards and the guy like outdid the next person, the second place person uh -huh. by double. I was like, oh, you were really, really, really scared. <laughs> like, you need to pull back, you know? That is not sustainable. That is yeah, not sustainable. That's right. It isn't. And it was like, next week you're going to look like you're slipping. I know you're gonna be exhausted too and you're gonna burn out and then you'll be like this is not the right job for me because I just feel overworked when some yeah I don't yeah so it's a great question though like how do you communicate to that person or to anyone joining the team like what does it mean to do 100 percent versus two yeah. or three hundred percent because you know like like what did you say in response to that gentleman Jackie right. that said that to you like what was your response well the first i told him to go back to his manager and then we went back to the business partner and was like listen this is something you need to coach through make sure that your metrics are really specific and we need to give actionable feedback um on a more regular cadence which yeah. is unironically what we're trying to do as an organization right now so it was like right. this looks like it's not particular feedback and because this is the part that like that we keep talking about and a friendly reminder Traditionally, people within this group, like we can, where you're looking at the data, get this kind of feedback. Make sure you're not giving this kind of feedback. Right. Like, let's make sure that we're doing all of those things. Cause I think we forget about the effect of these like annual reviews or yeah. those feedback and how, what it means to, to people who are within underrepresented groups and not getting those things. Yep. 
need yeah. to be considered. Well, and it's yeah. also the how many times sitting on the, I'll just say from the role that I've been as a generalist business partner, you know, whatever, how many times I've heard from employees, this is the first time I'm getting this feedback on a That's review. That's right. Yeah. So there is, like, there is that reality that it is a trick that right. it is everything's fine everything's fine and then i get my review and i'm not performing the way i'm supposed to and my manager hasn't told me that and that's the part that i mean like that that yeah. comment or that response from an employee literally that is one of those like triggers for me that i want to like throw things because i'm like what are you doing why are you not telling your people what's really going on Totally. And that's one of the reasons why we implemented quarterly because and we tell people like you should be having your conversations with your manager about performance, goals, growth, all of that. Often some managers do it more often than quarterly. I'm not saying we're amazing at it. I'm just saying like there are systems in place to help people succeed a little bit better. And I even think it comes even further back. Jackie, you and I are in talent. So I think even when you're talking about like the job description, because like if like I will take out fast paced and hit the ground running in a job description in a heartbeat. Like I would be like, delete, no, not because first of all, no one should hit the ground running. It sounds painful and I don't think you're going to get very far. And like you're going to be tired. Like who runs and doesn't get tired? That sounds exhausting. And like fast paced is just a huge like red flag. What you're trying to do is like match the person to like what you actually need them to do. So they're not stressed out. Like you want them to be like doing their job in an effective and efficient way, not like burnout way. Right. I, and we want every, it's like, sometimes I feel like, like this goes, goes back and I'm glad you used the word systems. It's going back to dismantling these systems that have been put in place that prevent, don't put us in the best way. No, no. Um, and like, and that unfortunately it's the way that they're taught. Like if you Googled how to be a manager, yeah. you're going to get all of that bad information, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. what people are clicking on. That's what everybody's doing. It, it's not working. So no, it's those not. are the things we have to consider. It's not. And I think as we grow like the world, I mean, I don't know what we're going to grow towards because we were just talking about being on another planet, but we can't because. Right. What reasons, but um, <laughs> we're getting to this point where I think people are expecting more metrics like you were talking about and systems and processes and like, show me how this works as opposed to like our parents generation where it was just like you showed up, somebody told you something, you did it, you left. You didn't work on the weekends. You didn't like, unless it was an emergency and you're on call, like there's different environments that are happening now that require all of us to kind of level up a little bit and be more transparent and clear because, you know, like my dad worked at Ford for 40 years before he passed away, like being on the line, like that is not the same job we have right now. Like that is literally whatever worked for him and his manager is not necessarily going to work for me, but we do have some of those managers who hold fast and true to those like, old school like you know how to you know win friends and influence people style of like management and you're like mm, yeah so, <laughs> so let's talk feels familiar <laughs> so we don't do jello molds anymore so Damn. maybe we should probably take a look at like other things that surround that time frame and re-examine them 
Well, and I think that you, the, you know, clocking in, clocking out, doing your job, but it's also like presenting, it goes, you know, back to communication, back to these conversations, back to the technology, giving people the bigger picture of, hey, you might be working on this widget, widget on the line, but how does that widget tie right. into the rest of the org and into the bottom line and into all of the things? Right. The other part that we know that, I mean, I'll say my generation and generations after, it is more about like impact and right. you know what are you leaving are you leaving the world a better place kind of thing and right. that whole concept there it's no longer uh i'm gonna go work on the line for 40 years and then yeah. I'm done and i can retire it's why is the what i'm doing right here on the line how is that impacting the world yeah. and making the world better and you're like that's a whole different conversation too that we're having with folks now Right. I don't know if either of you saw the Woodstock 99 documentary, but never was it more present to me to have like the juxtaposition of the same co-founder of Woodstock do the one that was in 99. That was like, you know, I don't know if you remember, but like MTV, like the people almost died like crazy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, but it was the same founder and it's a really good documentary series only because for me, I was just like, I mean, I know kids riot in the nineties were crazy. I was there. I remember it was just, it was a time, it was a time. It was a time. It was a moment. It was a moment. Um, <laughs> that's having a moment again, by the way, but, uh, in fashion wise, but having that founder like the same co-founder michael lang talk from about woodstock six you know 69 and then um you know woodstock 99 he was so vastly unaware of 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 the changes that had happened and like his purpose was an intent we hear this all the time his intention was really wonderful he wanted to stop like gun violence and bring awareness to that he just didn't understand like the kids in 99 were never going to be the same as the ones when he was a kid and like mm -hmm. they want to riot and like perhaps maybe you should look at your lineup before you think you're going to have a very mm -hmm. peaceful half a million people <laughs> in an air force base with like you know drenched mouth or whatever it just is like so it's it's it, it makes it's a it's for me it was a perfect metaphor of my intention was good, especially when we hear that within companies, but horrend everything goes wrong. Like everything mm -hmm. goes wrong because you don't have an awareness. Like you don't, mm -hmm. you don't pay attention to signals and signs, you know, like of what's going on within the world and like don't apply them to the thing that you're doing. It's no, it's no different, I think. I agree with that. I think that that happens often. I think my favorite is when the CEO does say, we're going to increase a uh, hiring of women by 40%. They totally made that up. They never talked. Right. Okay, I'm not going to talk in absolutes. However, right. In most cases, I've never heard someone say, yes, we sat down. We came up with the number. Yeah, exactly. Look at Katie. Just because you said, I'm not going to talk in, I'm not going to talk in absolutes. You and said then she did it. Cases, I am going to ever in most very cases, dramatic. It never happens. This very, I'm very dramatic. I will always talk in absolutes always <laughs> to be clear. But you know what I mean? Like, I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah. Where it's like we sat down, we came up with a number, we came up with a plan. We're launching the plan. That date seems accurate. Yeah. And the person who says that always again just uh -huh. be dramatic and be you know too much is like 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 you have to look at the apps like the whole total addressable market of the whole candidate market 
Yeah. It's these things out of nowhere and doesn't have a plan or doesn't understand what we're going on. Uh, to your point, when you're talking about the guy from Woodstock, there are all these things going on. Like, let me explain to you why we're not going to be able to do that. Right. There are major companies that came out and said, we're going to be hiring more women at tech at the same time that they're literally being sued. Like right. literally right now, literally just walked away. Right. Right. This is why when I got the DEI job at Leaf Group, you know, a lot of people were just like, so what, you know, do, like, do you have like, what are your metric goals? And I was like, well, I think we under, need to understand patterns first, right? Like, I don't want to be the person coming out under the gun talking about we're going to increase our demographic by 40%. And I'm like, what? There are so many factors. And who knew at the time we were going to still be in a pandemic with a global economy that is like, literally having a whole meltdown it's like a roller coaster like i'm up i'm down i'm sideways haha strong job numbers haha layoffs like it just doesn't like there isn't any rhyme or reason in how we all figure this out and so for you to chart a path with like specific numbers without having all the variables that makes me nervous i'm like i don't want to be like oh sorry i just didn't account for you know insurrections and police brutality and murders and economies and you know like uh, you know people deciding that childcare is equivalent to their salary so i'm out peace like there are just so many different variables you can never account for it's a real for me it was really important to see like what are what's the pattern of what's happening for us and like what makes sense for us and then we can determine are we behind the curve or are we like ahead of the curve? Are we at the curve? And what can we do about it? But it takes time. Like everyone thinks like, you know, DEI achieved, check done, we're good. Okay, on to the next one. Right, that, it, and I feel like we haven't gone through full cycle in what feels like a new environment than we've had yeah. in the past to be able yeah. to even, we're just starting to see, okay, you implemented it here. Yes. Yeah. But then it changed right. in the middle. Mm -hmm. It does. You don't even know how accurate it's gonna be. No, no. And like every measurable that everybody thought that they were going to use got topsy turvied. Like, you know, women left the workforce, they were burned out, they were tired, they were discriminated against. And then everybody's like, must be in office. And then you're like, okay, that's a whole other set of like parameters that people are talking about. Like, I don't want to be in an office if you, you know, if you're having microaggressions in the office already, why would you go back in in the first place just to continue those microaggressions? And my favorite thing on TikTok now is the youngins going into the office and showing the office being empty. And they're like, oh, I commuted on the train for two hours. And like all the execs are in their office meeting or there's no one here in like, you know, empty cubicles. Like it's like, you know something out of i don't know like john wick or whatever you just like scared somebody's gonna come out yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but i i think it, yes and the one that i also have seen is so we're obviously seeing all these layoffs happen yeah kind of in different industries and you know i'm in the clean tech space and right. climate space and the one that's throwing me off completely is also these tech companies that are getting a ton of money yeah and they're growing exponentially and now it's like oh we tripled in size in a year and oddly enough that didn't work out and now we need to do layoffs and so like to your right. point did you look at like what's happening in the world and look at like just life generally like you can't triple in size as an organization right. and i'm not talking about inorganic like acquisitions i'm talking about just true organic right. growth hiring and think that it's going to be okay like 
that's bananas. And right. you need to think about like, what, what are you trying to like, it's something I tell leaders all the time when they're talking about culture, culture isn't just, Hey, what do we want the organization to be? It's also, what do we not want the organization? What do we want right. to make sure it's not there? And that's a part that I think you can't do that when you're scaling that quickly. Like you're just hiring warm bodies at that point. Like it's bananas. So it, I don't know about you. So but separate from like my job and like me at Leaf Group or whatever, as a reader and consumer of information, watching a lot of the layoffs that happened made me very uneasy about the skill level of like these supposed leaders and their companies. I was, I think naively I thought, oh, there's some strategy that goes into scaling this quickly. You clearly like not all of you, but some of you have to have like put a plan together. And I feel like there's so many that just like, oh, you know, we're right sizing like. Uh, no, yeah. Did like, you think that pandemic economy was gonna last like forever? Right. I didn't actually. I mean, I remember going to Asian markets to buy flour because they weren't in like my local grocery store. So I was like, this is not sustainable, right? Like we can't like things are changing so quickly. Like I'm going to smaller stores to buy things, and and you know I stocked up on toilet paper, and, and we'll never have to buy it again. Like I, you know, but. Uh, how how does this you know how do we these patterns and like these feelings come into play when you're responsible for for organizations you know what i mean but it to answer your question no there isn't a plan and and basically right. it's i got a big check and so i think i need a bigger company versus it, and this is where i think it's such a critical yeah. piece that mm -hmm. every ceo needs to make sure that they have I think the CFO role and the chief people officer role or CHRO, whatever you want to yeah. call it, are two of the most critical roles in any organization because they are the ones that are keeping you in check on headcount and mm -hmm. on how much you're spending and all these things. And I just don't think CEOs don't want to hear it, but you yeah. have to be that voice to go, okay, let's talk about what the plan you is. You have to hear this or else you're going to be on LinkedIn crying. Right. I hope not. Let's not. Oh, let's not oh, do oh. that. Let's. Can we do that? Can we talk about that for a minute? Like yeah. what in the what? Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B two B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. What in the narcissist? I am, I mean. I'm trying really, to really figure this out. Is well, it, what, and then the people, like some people are like, oh, but look, he's so sad. Like he's just showing his feelings. Stop. Oh my God! People that defended him, that specific person that we're referring to, the I crying CEO. Like, like you can just Google that now. Yeah, I was like, it. how, how are, how are you defending this? I don't understand. Who around you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like your support group. Like we say this all the time when there is a a known person or you know something goes viral somebody tweets out posts something that's like a little sus we always go who are your friends and how come they didn't stop you 
Right. Like, how did you do this and think, yep, this is the right thing to end up okay. This is like, we all have checks and balances. You need some checks about, Hey friend, (laughs) like, and is you just want to ask like, what was your, what was the strategy? What was going to happen? Ideally, you're going to put a picture of yourself crying and then the people are going to go, Oh, like, like really you had to, that took thought. Because I listen, there is listen, we're all suffering to some level in this world that we can't really figure out. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO, a coordinator working at like a fast food joint, whatever there is some if you have some pain point that has happened to you and it's very valid and like no one is saying that. But honestly, to turn that in how you manifest that, right? Like how you demonstrate what that pain point is, is telling a a, like a lot about your privilege and like how you think you exist within the world. Honestly, like I wanted to just I was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that the people who got laid off were equally pissed. Like, you know, it's but, bad enough you had that other CEO laying people off, you know, on Zoom and then crying and like that got posted. And it's just like, we need, I think we need to do better. We need to do better. It, it goes back to, you know, we, we talked to uh, Michelle, uh, yeah. Naomi last week. Mm-hmm her episode will be up this week i think it's this week and you know she was talking about inclusive marketing yeah and and it is that like that's a perfect example of someone needs to smack you on the back of the head and go absolutely not you're absolutely not gonna post Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. you will look foolish Mm -hmm. and don't do that period and whether it's your friend whether it's someone else in your leadership team whatever that looks like and uh, yeah he needs to go think his life somewhere all right um on that note what is one thing dun, dun. all right one thing that you want to make sure our listeners got out of this episode we covered a lot of ground so one thing we did i mean the through line right is if we talk about inclusivity everything is literally connected in your organization like we were all we talked about a lot of different topics all of them have to do with inclusivity and talking about other people's existence and how you make space for that right like i think that was the real theme because i think a lot of organizations you know they have a dei and they have a this and they have a that but like they're all separate and they're siloed mm-hmm. like everything like you know you, you're referencing like how do i make this impact everything is connected like there is if one team is not succeeding then most of the team like your your organization is in pain it's hurting so how do we think of things as a holistic lens so that we're making sure that we are making impacts and having these kinds of conversations because this is what's on people's minds i mean we're just the three of us are people who work at places so why would we be any different than any other you know person who works at a place having these kind of conversations as well make space for these and be inclusive about it i don't know I don't feel very. I liked it. That I like great. it. I like it. <laughs> Jackie, what's your thing? Um, don't post pictures of yourself crying when you uh, reaction in force. One. And also, let's be clear. Do you really think it was crying, or do you think that was like? No, that was like total like, corn syrup. I, okay, sorry. Prior. Remember, you were a kid back in the day, and you would just like lick your yeah. finger. 
Yeah. Yes, it does not look good. Yeah. That doesn't look good, by the way. It doesn't look like tears. Okay. Not, not at all. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I I would say is like I think I want to say just be thoughtful, just take an extra step before right. you launch. I mean, that's the ultimate thing, whether it's when you get the performance feedback as you're getting yeah. people on your team and you're collaborating with other groups, like just take an extra step to make sure that you're mindful. Right. So then we don't have to talk about you on our podcast because use your people, use your people, <laughs> make new friends, uh, <laughs> leverage, leverage your people, oh. leverage your yeah. people. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't so use mine, mine is kind of very similar to both of yours. I it's the just have conversations with your teams about what's right. going on in like real life like and I don't mean to have some deep you know doesn't have to be anything like that but just like hey how are things going and what right. you know what do you need and how can I help and especially when we are remote like th those conversations are so much more critical and uh you know we did Jackie's performance review uh oh my god I did it live uh on the podcast this um and so like she, karen was able to give her some feedback on her performance live on our podcast and so, i'm just kidding that did not really happen <laughs> and um, i felt like i was gonna die <laughs> jackie was like hang up hang up <laughs> leave meeting leave meeting <laughs> yeah uh no but like just have conversations and have like talk to your folks and listen to your folks yeah um yeah. tara thank you this has been fun. This we was so much fun. It was almost like just like us at work human and those conversations we're having over our um, delicious lunches. And so um, that last one, that last lunch, not so much that not as much. that was not mm -mm. when you all were leaving me all alone there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Should have gone so, to the airport that night, but oh it all God. worked out. The end. That's um, right. That's right. Oh, you turned out all right. You, I turned out all you right. look fine. You look great, though. <laughs> I live to tell the tale. You look uh, tan and rested in the stories and things. <laughs> I, hope, right. I hope we can do this again soon. Uh, yeah. I love you both so very much. It's always such a pleasure. I get to laugh my arse off so i really enjoy <laughs> being with you and thank you for letting me tag on yet again <laughs> hey no no this great the show your expertise with us yes. no yes. thank you <laughs> thank you all right. all right well this has been the inclusive af podcast i'm katie van horn and this is jackie clayton bye bye, bye. true story You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.